Let's pray together. Father, you are creator of heaven and earth. You are the author of life and breath and everything. You have filled this world with many people, nations, languages, and you are worthy of praise from every single one of them. I pray you would open up our minds and hearts to become part of this glorious mission of letting the nations be glad and singing for joy that you reign, that you are God. So Lord, by your spirit now, um, equip us to do that which is pleasing in your sight. We pray in Jesus' name. That psalm shows us a very powerful connection between missions and joy. And it's that connection that I want to talk about now. And I want to acknowledge my debt to uh, Pastor John Piper, who uh, showed this connection to me. And many of the insights I'm going to share with you, I learned from him. But before, before we highlight the connection between missions and joy, probably need to define a couple of terms. Um, what is the difference between missions and our mission? Well, our mission, as Tyler explained earlier, is to make disciples. Uh, That is to help other people become believers in Jesus who trust him, who know him, and who follow him. That's what we mean when we say that our mission, our purpose is to help connect people to the God who made them. We do that through the good news of Jesus Christ, of what he has done, that they might know him. So to help People have a connection with the God who made them, with friends who help them, other believers in Jesus. We we learn to to live out the implications of that good news and to connect them to a world that needs them. What do they need most? They need to know him. They need to know the God who made them. Disciples are people who are making those connections to God, to friends, and to the world. That's our mission, disciple-making. That's mission. Well, what's missions with an S? That refers to a certain kind of disciple-making, basically making disciples across cultures, across cultural boundaries, uh, among people who are in some way different from us. They live in a different place. They speak a different language. They observe different customs. And that's what the psalm writer in Psalm 67 is talking about when he prays that God's ways may be known on the earth and his salvation among all nations, not just the nation of Israel. And when Jesus gave us his church, our mission of making disciples, he made it a worldwide mission. It's a global mission. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. 
So our mission includes missions. You following me there? Okay, it's where you put the S. And what I want us to see, what I really want us to see, is that missions is a joyful thing. The call to engage in missions is a call to joy. Uh, This psalm says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Well, why? Why would we pray that? Why would we want God to bless us? And, you know, because look, it goes on. That your ways, O God, may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for what? For joy. May the nations be glad. Missions is a pursuing of joy. And you need to know that. And you need to believe that. You know why? Because if you don't, you're going to spend your life doing other things, focused on other priorities. You're going to spend your life, you're going to spend your money pursuing joy in trivial things that cannot satisfy, that cannot deliver. We will think, if we don't get it, if we don't get that missions is a pursuing of joy, we will think that real life is found in living for ourselves. And as far as we'll go in that psalm is just, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, period. And we see our lives as reservoirs instead of as channels, as conduits. But reservoirs get stagnant. It's the channels. That's where the joy is. So here's the lesson for today. In one easy sentence, for deep and lasting joy, engage personally in missions. You and me and everybody personally engage in mission, missions for deep, lasting joy. If you really want to be happy, does anybody else in here want to be happy? Because I do. I really do. You do too. That's a driving motive in your life. If you want to be happy, then involve yourself personally in the cause of global disciple-making. To neglect missions is to neglect your joy and the joy of millions of others. And that's what I want to show you. So I'm going to give you two biblical reasons why you personally need to engage in missions to experience deep and lasting joy, to pursue that deepest joy. Okay, two reasons. Here's the first one. Because Jesus told us that obeying him leads to joy. Obedience to Jesus is the pathway to joy. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, you could actually answer that question in different ways, using different biblical expressions. Uh, You could say that, well, a Christian is someone who's been born again of the Spirit of God. That's John chapter 3. You could say that being a Christian 
is, is somebody who has received Jesus into their lives. That's John chapter 1. You could say a Christian is someone who's been justified by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the book of Romans. Well, another way you can say it is that a Christian is someone who willingly, who gladly considers Jesus Lord, the one who's in charge, the one who gets to call the shots, gladly, willingly regards Jesus as Lord. Now, we know from the Bible that one day every knee will bow, Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. But that doesn't mean at that moment that everybody's going to be a Christian. Because some will do it not because they want to, but because they have to. They have no choice. They're going to have to acknowledge reality. Jesus is Lord. But they won't do it gladly. They won't do it willingly. Genuine Christians, on the other hand, not only admit that Jesus is Lord, they actually want him to be Lord. They want him to rule in their life. They want him to call the shots. Becoming a Christian begins with putting our trust in Jesus. Well, if we trust him, we'll want to obey him. And the better we know him, the more we grow in our knowledge of him, the more we'll want to trust him and obey him. And it's this kind of obedience. So when I'm talking about obedience, this is the kind I'm talking about. Joyful, glad, willing obedience. That is the pathway to the deepest joy. Jesus told us that. Look at John chapter 15. He said, if you keep my commandments, in other words, if you obey me, if you keep my commandments, you will abide, dwell in, live in, experience, enjoy my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Then verse 11, these things I've spoken to you. I just told you this. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. I've told you this that my joy may be in you and your joy may be so-so, mediocre, not that great, full, full joy. That's what he's talking about. It's so weird. We've got this mental dis disconnect so often between joy and commandments. We, we think they can't go together. Well, if somebody's telling me to do it, that can't possibly be a happy thing. That's crazy. We're wrong when we think that. Jesus connects here obeying his commandments to fully experiencing his love and his joy. And if you think about it, that makes total sense. Because he knows. He knows. If you want to be happy, do you really want to ignore what that wisest, happiest person in the universe says about how to be happy? Does that make any sense? You know, imagine you really needed to get somewhere and you had no idea how to get there because you left your cell phone at home and your car doesn't have GPS. You have no clue. And then you, you meet someone and they know. They know exactly how to get there and they can tell you. 
And they do tell you. Would it make any sense at that point to say, well, thank you, Mr. Knowledgeable, helpful person. Thanks for giving me the directions. But you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to go with my own best guesses. That'd be crazy. How dumb would that be? Not as dumb as not listening to Jesus. Not as dumb as ignoring his directions. So let's look at his directions in Matthew chapter 28. This is where we get our mission, one of the places. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's right after Jesus rose from the dead, right before he returns to heaven, and he tells his followers what they're to be doing until he returns. And this is what he says. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. How much authority is that? Okay, he's Lord. I'm in charge. Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I commanded. Teaching them to obey all that I commanded. And surely I'm with you always. You won't be doing this in your own strength. You'll be doing it in mine. Because I'll be with you to the very end of the age. That's the mission. Make disciples of all nations by going, by baptizing, by teaching them to obey. All right, let's just let that sink in for a minute. That's the mission Jesus gave us. That's it. That means our main mission isn't something else. Our main mission in life is not having a successful career. Our main mission in life is not acquiring possessions. It's not having fun. It's not guaranteeing ourselves a good retirement. It's not even raising a good family. Those things are good, but they're not our main mission. So regardless of where we live, regardless of what we do to make a living, regardless of what our family status is, married, single, children, no kids, whatever, the main thing Jesus wants us to be about is helping other people become his followers and to, to, to know what that means and to do that. That's our main mission. And because Jesus included missions in our mission, that is, he included making disciples of all nations, cross-cultural disciple-making, well, that leaves us with three choices. You know what they are? We can go, we can send, or we can disobey. Those are the choices. Which means if... I'm not actively involved in going or actively significantly involved in sending, then I'm disobeying. And that would be wrong. And it would keep me from joy. I want to suggest something to you. If you are feeling bored or frustrated, or depressed with your life, one of the things you ought to consider is what is your level of personal engagement 
in missions. In the missions part of the mission. Your engagement in the mission that Jesus gave us. How much are you praying for the nations? Really? How much are you giving for the cause of global disciple making? How much are you thinking about it? How much are you personally considering going to help fulfill this mission? Because if we don't engage personally with our Lord's command to make disciples of all nations, we're not going to be nearly as joyful as we could be. We just won't. Because Jesus told us that obeying him, that's the pathway to the deepest joy. And if we're not engaged in cross-cultural disciple-making in a real way, we're disobeying him. That's not the way to be happy. So that's the first reason. Second reason. Jesus showed us that he is fully committed to missions. That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Jesus is fully committed to missions. He is fully committed to cross-cultural disciple-making. All right, what's that got to do with us? Well, one of the ways you know (laughs) that somebody is really important to you is if what's important to them becomes important to you. So I'll give you an illustration. Um, My wife, Karen, has three sisters. And a couple years ago, her mom and her three sisters decided that it would be super fun if we all went on a two-week camping trip all the way up into Canada, across the Canadian Rockies, into Banff National Park, down into Glacier National Park, into Idaho, visit some people, drive all the way back to Washington. And by we, (laughs) by we, I mean my mother-in-law, my three sisters-in-law, my wife, and me. (laughs) So, if you do the math, that's five females and one male on a two-week journey. Camping. In the dirt. Not totally. Um... I genuinely, I'm serious, this is not sarcasm or, I genuinely love my mother-in-law and I genuinely love my three sisters-in-law, I really do. But I have to admit that when I first heard this proposal, I was not nearly as enthusiastic as my wife was. (laughs) And I really thought, well, there's got to be some way I can get out of this. Eventually, though, it occurred to me, Karen really wants to go. And what's more, she really wants me to go. And I realized, you know what, this is, this is really important to her. And so it needs to be important to me. And so I went. And I had a really good time, mostly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really did. There were some moments. But, um, The point is, the point is, if someone really matters to you, if someone is really important to you, then what matters to them will matter to you. What's important to them should become important to you. Does that make sense? Guess what's really, really important to Jesus? Making disciples of all nations. 
Letting all the nations be glad and sing for joy because they know him. He is fully committed to him. By fully, look at Revelation 5.9. This is a vision of heavenly worship that was given to the Apostle John. It says, and they sang a new song. Here's heavenly worship going on. Singing to Jesus. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, talking about his death on the cross, with your blood you purchased people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus is so committed to rescuing people from their sin and making them a people for God that he gave his life to make it happen. That's our gospel. That's the good news. That's how committed Jesus is to missions. Well, how do those people he purchased, how do those people experience being, becoming the people of God? How do they experience that? Through us. Through us. Through us taking the message to them of his purchase, of his death and resurrection. When we're fulfilling the mission of making disciples of all nations. It's important to him that this happen, and therefore it needs to be important to us. And if you just think about it this way, would you like to be a part of something that really matters? Would you like to be a part of something that's really significant? I've heard it said many times, and I believe it. Nobody on their deathbed says, I wish you spent more time at the office. Would you like to experience the joy of something that is so significant and is absolutely certain to succeed? Then commit yourself to what Jesus is committed to. The cause of global disciple-making will succeed. I guarantee it. And my guarantee is worthless, but it will succeed. No, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what things look like, no matter what obstacles, challenges we're facing, we know it will succeed because the one who has all authority in heaven and earth is committed to making it succeed. It will happen. And the question is, do you want to be a part of it? Don't waste your time trying to figure out a different agenda for how to experience God's blessing, how to experience joy. This is it. This is it. This is the agenda that brings the deepest happiness. So engage. Engage. All right. Well, how? How do we engage in it? There are many ways. There are many ways. I'm going to highlight just a few ways, a couple opportunities. I'm sure you can think of more and you can talk to one another because you guys have ideas. And you can talk about ways to engage more fully. But I'll give you three. First, Operation Christmas Child. You knew I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to start with that because this is the season for OCC. November 16th, that's our big community packing party. It's huge. It's fun. It's great. Uh, our goal... 3,500 shoeboxes, every one of those shoeboxes will be used 
to share the good news of Jesus purchasing for God a people from every tribe and language and people and nation. Everyone who gets a shoebox hears that good news. And more than that, on average, something like six or seven people will hear the gospel because of that one shoebox. That's what the statistics are. So, okay, do the math. 3,500 shoeboxes times six equals 21,000 people hearing the good news of Jesus because of what we get to do. And each child who gets a box is invited to participate in a program, it's called The Greatest Journey, to help them grow as disciples of Jesus. So each time you pack a box, and you can go around the circuit multiple times and pack all the boxes you want. We have everything set up. It's every time you pack a box, every time you pray, because we do that, pray for the child and for the family that's going to receive that box, you are personally engaging in missions in a very simple way. doesn't get much simpler. And you can engage even further by contributing to the shipping fund. Okay, on average it costs $9 per shoebox to get that shoebox to its destination somewhere in the world. That's an incredible bargain actually if you think about it. But nine times 3,500 equals $31,500 for shipping. So wow, that's a huge goal. Yeah, but you know what? Every year we've made our goal. It's totally reachable if we'll all engage. And I promise you, it's a joyful thing to engage. It is a joyful thing. There is something about giving simple gifts to children. Everybody likes giving gifts to children anyway. But to know that those gifts are going to open doors to the gospel in some of the hardest to reach areas of the world is amazing. There's story after story of communities that are closed, 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 until they come and they distribute shoeboxes to the kids. And all of a sudden, everybody now is ready to listen. It's amazing. Then, after the packing party, comes National Collection Week. And we, as a church, are the central drop-off for Southwest Washington. So people will bring in shoeboxes from all over our area, and we get to pack them in cartons, and we get to send them on their way. And you can be a part of that. There's information, there's posters, there's information in your worship folder. Engage. Another opportunity to engage is to pray. Now, this one's year-round. Figure out how you can regularly pray for the nations and for the gospel to get to the nations and for those who are going and whether or not God wants you to be one of them. Jesus commanded us to pray. The Apostle Paul repeatedly asked others to pray for him as he went sharing the gospel. The missionary partners that we sent out They are always asking us to pray for them. Prayer is essential for missions. It's essential for going. It's essential for sending. say, well, how do I do that? How do I engage? Well, there's lots of ways you can. One really easy way is uh, this. It's not always blue, but every, every week in our groups and classes, second hour, there's a prayer sheet, and it always includes some missions-related requests. That's an easy way. Another way, you can sign up for missions prayer lists, um, operationworld.org, O-R-G. If you go to that website, every day you can pray. They give you specific, very 
a clear request to pray for different nations. You can sign up, you can get notifications, you can get an app, I think, and you can pray. Um, so that's a way to engage. And then third, give. Give. Give to missionaries. Give to missions organizations. Support our church budget because with our budget we support missionaries and mission organizations. Uh, Jesus said something very interesting. He said, wherever your treasure is, wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. And if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, okay, I've heard this before, but you know, my heart's just not in it. You know how you can get your heart in it? Give. Give significantly. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And I'm just speaking from personal experience. I can tell you that for me, giving, supporting missionaries, giving to the missionaries through this church, and then also giving to missionaries just personally, uh, contributing to Operation Christmas Child, sponsoring a child through Compassion International, those things genuinely make me happy. They really do. And they help keep me engaged. They help keep my focus where the Lord wants it to be. That's a big help. So you can do that. You engage. Engage financially. Uh, we have a missionary right here in our midst. Stand up, Melissa. This is Melissa White. Melissa works with Standards of Excellence. She's one of our supported missionaries. And she does kind of that behind-the-scenes work that nobody else wants to do. All that difficult. No, I'm sure there's others that do. But she does a lot of hard work to help churches be engaged in mission. And she's under-supported. You could help fix that. You go up and say, hey, Melissa, what could I do to help be a part of your team? That'll help you put your treasure where God wants your treasure to be, engaged in world missions. You know, there's another side of that, too, the giving thing. Um, I, need, I need to give significantly to missions to help me remember what really matters and to guard my heart from the counterfeit joys of an affluent lifestyle. We, most of us have no idea how vulnerable we are to affluence, because it's everywhere. You don't, may not feel rich, but compared to most people in the world, you are, you are wealthy. And you've got to beware. Jesus told us, beware of the temptation to lay up treasure on earth. Why? Because it's stupid. Because <laughs> you're going to lose it. But what you lay up in heaven, you will never lose. And if you lay it up on earth, you'll not only lose it, it'll deprive you of joy. Because we're, we're so silly. Don't, you know, don't. we're so tempted to think that a new toy, a new vehicle, a new stereo, a new outfit, a new house, that's going to make us happy. A little for a short while, it always fades. It always fades. Don't settle for that. If you want deep and lasting joy, engage. 
in Christ's mission of global discipleship. Can you imagine the joy? Okay, imagine. It's, it's that final day, and we're there. We're there with Jesus, and we're there with people from every tribe and language and people and nation. And somebody comes walking up to you. You've never met them in your life. And they said, you packed a shoebox in 2019. And somebody brought that shoebox to me, and when they did, they shared with me the good news of Jesus purchasing for himself a people from every tribe and language and people and nation. And when I heard that good news, I believed, and that's why I'm here. Thank you. Can you imagine? Are you going to say, man, I wish I'd bought another share of Microsoft instead? (laughs) Don't settle for puny little joys. Engage. Make disciples of all nations. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for loving us enough to tell us the truth. Thank you for pursuing us. Jesus, thank you that for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. Lord, may we, for the joy set before us, take the message of the cross everywhere you want it to go. Help us engage, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen.